with, with the book, I, I just wanted to give people that kind of, yes, it's, it's a resource, but also the belief that they can take what they've learned in that book and, and directly use it as a, a practical piece of, of, of information into a conversation. And they, it would get them through the conversation. All right, and welcome to the Teaching While Learning podcast. For the second half of the season, we're going to change things up a bit in regards to the types of episodes I'll be releasing. The last one in each miniseries will be a conversation with somebody connected to the ESL industry in some capacity, but outside of the main topic. So I'm excited to have Dean Brownless with us today. He's a fellow ESL teacher, but he's decided to branch out and use what he's learned to write and publish books to help learners. Uh, Dean, thank you so much for joining me today and being my guinea pig for this inaugural episode. Yeah, cheers. Thanks very much for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to uh, to our chat today. Like I said, I was uh, I was looking through the books and stuff that different learners have access to here in Taiwan, and I saw yours, and I'm like, hey, he's actually here. Let's try and get him on the show. Yeah, no, it's great. It's great to be here. It's a small world, you know. It's, it's sometimes it's so difficult, but then so easy just to reach out to people and then make something happen. No, it's great. It's great to be on. Great to talk about all things ESL, promote English for, you know, English learners and whatnot. And, and promote yourself. Promote myself. Shameless plugging. You know, it's got to be done. <laughs> well, that's, you know, one of the reasons to get you on here. So, well, let's, um, let's jump into this. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your journey up until this point, and what got you interested in publishing books and writing books for learners? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think it's probably the most common question I get asked, you know, from when I meet new friends and here in Taiwan, they always say like, you know, why are you in Taiwan? Like, why did you come here? Like, what what's the reason? Um, the, the kind of the whole little bit of the background, it goes back to my sister and she used to live here. Uh, she studied Chinese here in Taipei and then she left and then she recommended Taiwan to me. So if it wasn't for her, wouldn't be here. But yeah, like before Taiwan, I lived in Australia. So I did the working holiday visa there. Uh, not teaching English. Um, a little bit of kind of online private tutoring in, in Australia, but not a lot compared to what I'm doing here. And yeah, I just didn't really want to go back to, to Ireland after those Australian summers. You know, you get kind of consistent, beautiful weather. And I just, don't, I just couldn't face going back to a cold winter in Ireland you know that and uh, yeah I just kind of wanted a new challenge and so I said you know what screw it like I was I was going to go to New Zealand and I felt like New Zealand might be a little bit similar to Australia so I felt like let's take on a new challenge let's you know why don't I learn some Chinese and teach English and yeah here I am. So you came here started teaching and then when did you start becoming interested in writing and publishing books? Yeah, so I always kind of had an interest in kind of like journaling, poetry, kind of writing down, stuff like that. And then after a while, I think from just reading, you know, self-help books, business books, I kind of felt like I need to branch out a little bit more into creating more passive forms of income. And it got to a stage where I was in such high demand, not to toot my own horn, but I, was, I got in such high demand that I had to kind of like contract out you know, students to other teachers and whatnot. And so that kind of opened up my eyes to, you know, th there could be more to this. And if I was to write down a book and publish a book, it would be a great, you know, resource to give to my students and, and other English learners. And so that was kind of like where the 
the fire started. As you were as you were teaching here, was there a certain issue that you were trying to fix as you're releasing books for learners? Yeah, great question, actually. So I feel like the, the level of English in Taiwan is, is really good, but it's more so based for, say, testing and examination. And so everyday conversational English may not be as high as other countries. And so I felt like that was a niche, a niche or a niche, depends where you're from. That was what I wanted to kind of tap into, you know, so... Yeah, that, that was basically a kind of everyday conversational spoken English, you know, kind of like basic questions I would ask my students, like, you know, how's everything going? And they would say, I'm, I'm not going anywhere, you know, or one of my friends, she went to Ireland. And as an example, she told me that the first week an Irish guy asked her, you know, what's the story? And she said, oh, well, my story is I'm from Taiwan. And, and he said, no, no, like, how are you? And she said, oh, fine. Thank you. And you? You know, so... <laughs> These kind of like small little phrases and expressions that are so important, but, you know, they can get lost in communication. So I felt like they are very important, you know. And so when an Irish person asks, what's the story? It's not, we don't care about any story. We just want to know how you are and how everything is. Um, have you found that the students that you've taught and, you know, that you've given your book to or the people that have purchased it have been quite receptive to what's in this particular book? Yeah, yeah, they really have. They've kind of felt like, you know, they really appreciated the fact that the material that I provided in the book, it's it's great because it's harder to find in a textbook. And so they were so used to, you know, just reading, kind of cramming in this information that it was something a lot lighter and a lot easier to understand. And both with the, the English and the Chinese translation, it made it a lot easier to to learn and it's not too big as well it's a smaller book it's not sort of a big thick you know examination book or textbook it's a little bit more lighter and that's kind of what i wanted to go for yeah so great feedback so far um which i'm i'm, I'm delighted with and i just hope people kind of take what they've learned from the book and that they can use it implement it into their daily life or work or whatever dive into the book a little bit. So the name of the book is Enviable English Dialogues and Where to Find Them. Why don't you walk us through the initial stages of putting this book together and then how it came into fruition? Yeah, so I was working, um, I was teaching a student of mine and he's involved in translation and also some game programming. And so we wanted to work together on something. And then so we kind of spoke a little bit throughout our classes and we wanted to do something like this. Um, the The title itself is a bit of a play on words at the um, Fantastic Beasts movie and, and, and kind of where to find them. So we try to play a little bit like that uh, on that one. Um, so yeah, the initial stages where we, we kind of based out a thought of a plan, kind of 10 units, 10 chapters, keep it kind of short, but not too short, you know, kind of keep it light. And yeah, it was just kind of, forcing ourselves to you know sit down write it out type it up get it translated from from my student and and yeah it was just kind of a week by week basis we would try and focus on let's try and get a unit done at least one a week or one every two weeks and we would always just touch base in uh, in our classes and, and see how everything was and we would get, you know get the translation checked and you know, he, he was also learning as well. My student, while he was translating, he was learning as well from the book itself. And he was like, oh, this is great. You know, this is going to be so good for students. And I think it's going to be really beneficial for them. And I was just saying, yeah, I hope so. I mean, because, you know, it's it's hard when you write a book because it's, it's yes, it's it's taxing mentally, but it's also about 
like the mental aspect of it like you're like you're right here we go i'm gonna sit down you got to set aside the time and it's hard because we're so distracted now in daily life you know it's it's hard it, it wasn't it wasn't easy but I'm, I'm i'm glad i did it as you guys were working together did um your translator i assume you're talking about sid sid yeah sid wong did he have any say in the makeup of the book or was he just strictly there for translation purposes and to kind of test what you were writing down yeah, it was actually a bit of both. He would kind of ask me, you know, what is this? Like, what are these key phrases? What exactly do they mean? I would explain them a little bit more. And then he would say, oh, because he would just try to clarify his translation. And so he would ask me, you know, is this what you mean? Because I need to make sure that the translation is is spot on for, say, the Taiwanese audience. You know, so that was, it was actually a little bit of both in, in fairness. He was translating, but also double checking along the way and, you know, we might have had to tweak a few things, which was great. I'm, I'm pretty flexible. And so I wanted to make sure that, you know, he was kind of asking the question from, a, say, a Taiwanese point of view as a reader. You know, would they get it? You know, kind of let's try and change the situation because it's more of like a conversational dialogue. Right. And each unit is a different dialogue or scene. I'm sure that was a bit difficult for him, actually, like as I was going through the book and, you know, reading it and prepping for this. Yeah, there's a lot of grammar and words in there that that students just would have no idea what what you're talking about or what you're saying. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, I think yeah, stuff like that, it, it kind of can get a little bit tricky. Some of the chapters might be a little bit difficult, and so the level would be geared towards upper intermediate, maybe more advanced. It's there as a target, you know, if you can go through the whole book and it's it'll give you a good foundation, you know, to take into any sort of situation where you're speaking English with, with foreigners or with multinationals and whatnot and people from all over. Good. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really, like you said before, it's really important that they have that learners have that, that foundation that they can actually speak with confidence, I think is the big issue for a lot of people. And when they, when they have access to everything that's in the, in your book, I think that really gives it to them. For sure. For sure. I think the confidence thing is, is key as well. And, you know, even with the book, it's, it still can sometimes be a little bit tricky for students to get that confidence well that's a good uh, a good segue into the next question so i'm gonna i pulled a quote from your book this i believe this was from the introduction um it goes as follows i believe i can mold myself into any situation no matter the topic social class or environment and i know many people don't have that skill however it can be learned so how did this quote guide you as you're choosing topics words phrases and idioms to put into the book i wanted to as i said before like i wanted to give people that resource and I didn't want people to be, you know, I get a lot from my students. They say, you know, I'm, I'm shy. I, I, I don't know what to say to foreigners. And it's almost like a, what is it, like a, a rabbit in the headlights or a deer in the headlights where they just freeze and, you know, they don't really know what to say. And with, with the book, I, I just wanted to give people that kind of, yes, it's, it's a resource, but also the belief that they can take what they've learned in that book and, and directly use it as a, a practical piece of, of, of information into a conversation and they, it would get them through the conversation, you know? And so I just kind of wanted to, I guess you could say, kind of pass on that belief and try to instill some confidence into the, the readers of the book. Um, I, I guess for me, a lot of people would say I'm quite extroverted and kind of, uh, you know, easy, easygoing, you know, love to talk and stuff like that. But I, I also love my my own time. I love me time. I love doing 
things by myself, chilling out away from friends and, and family. And, you know, I just like to do a little bit of soul searching every now and then. It's nice to have that balance. Do you find that your students are taking these concepts and they're able to implement them here in Taiwan? I feel like it would be a bit difficult to have this book be learning all of these cool phrases, idioms, ways to speak to, to, to foreigners, but not be able to actually practice them at all? It's a good question. A lot of the, um, a lot of my students, and, and this is probably going back to the previous question of where I got the idea, is a lot of my students would deal with international companies, clients, vendors, suppliers, you name it. And for them, it was more so like a work-related issue. They would deal a lot with you know conference calls, Zoom, Skype, uh, whatever it may be and so for them they would sometimes there would be a little bit of a breakdown in communication for them because you know they'd have meetings uh, they may not understand something but they may also be a little bit too shy to ask for clarification and you know they they would finish the meeting and they would say you know we, we actually don't know what we need to be doing for for the next meeting and but you know, they, obviously, it's it's a face issue as well. You can't lose face. You want to appear professional, uh, and so 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 that so that kind of issue was, you know, something that was a standout point to me that I was like, have to create this. And so, I guess it is tough if you're not in an international, say, company, or if you're not in a company that's dealing with international clients and customers. So each of the 10 units are broken down into a short opening to set the stage for the upcoming conversation. Then you have the actual conversation, a few key points, and then the Chinese translation. How do you picture your book or these lessons being delivered to provide maximum impact to the students? Yeah, it's a great question. Like, how could you, you know, use it in a classroom setting or, or wherever it may be? I think a great, I would envision this as like a, a role play as such, like kind of a little bit of an acting it out, a little bit of role play and get the the students to, you know, act out or role play as one of the characters from each unit. That way they're saying the, they're saying the phrases, they're reading out what what's on what's in the book. And it just gives them a better sense of connection to the material in the book. So I think role play would be a great one. That's if it's a group class. If it's a one on one, you know, I could take turns reading out some of the material with the students then I'd go and, and break down and kind of discuss more about what the actual phrases mean. Can we use it in a different setting or is it, is it only specific for this setting? You know, so I feel like role play would be a great one and try and keep it light because some of the material, it can be used in more, say, more serious and professional settings. And so to, to keep it light and also to keep the, the lessons fun and interesting, you know, you don't, it's, it's all, some of the material that can be quite heavy and you don't want to kind of just overload the students. So one unit a class or one unit a week, depending on what it is, however many classes you have a week, I feel like role playing and, and keeping it light and interesting and fun is, is probably the, probably the best way to utilize the, the material. You're putting a lot of pressure on the teachers using your book then. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> no pressure guys, <laughs> you know? I feel like, you know, the, the, the book is there as, as a guide. And so the teacher can go off a little bit topic and use their own materials as well in connection with the book. A lot of my, for me personally, a lot of my classes and my teaching style is semi-structured. So I'll try and aim for one unit of class, but, you know, there might be a class where we go completely off topic. But 
I know that the students are keen on this and I can see that they're more excited about it because it's hard with some students that are, are quite shy and reserved, depending on the class type as well. If it's a group class, they might be in a classroom with managers or other peers from other departments and they might be feeling a little bit you know, that they're being judged in some way. So they, they may not want to speak too much. But yeah, like I, I wouldn't try, I wouldn't be putting too much uh, pressure on the teachers to <laughs> to implement it, but just more so as like a, a guide. Well, what's your, what's your experience been using your materials? It's been pretty good. I get a lot of questions because the students have never really seen a lot of this, uh, kind of these everyday English phrases, idioms, uh, vocabulary especially here in Taiwan right so a lot of them are like what is this like what does it mean I've, I've never seen this before is it the same as this phrase and I'm like no it, it's completely different we can only use it and blah 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 whatever it might be so it's that difference that offers something you know new and interesting I feel like that's the kind of the the key point is that it's it's different well, when I first uh, when I first started reading through your book, the first thing that kind of popped into my head was, oh, this might be a good um, a good resource for somebody that's learning to to self or looking to self study. What additional materials would you uh, suggest or recommend for somebody that is going down this path? Yeah, definitely. And so, like, I think for for that type of of student, you know, I would always recommend uh, to learn or to kind of go and watch something some material that you're interested in you know so if you have a passion or a hobby whether it's podcasting fishing skateboarding art whatever it might be try to start off with maybe watching some videos whether it's youtube um there's another good company here called VoiceTube, and they also do some good good content um so th those kind of places i would always recommend my students to go and watch some short little videos interviews um, there's also on, on YouTube, there's a, a channel. I think it's kind of like, for example, it would be like a, you watch a, like a sitcom, like friends or the big bang theory. It's kind of like, they will dissect a, a couple of scenes from that, ep from an episode and they'll say why they use this and how it's used and the definition and meaning. So that's kind of, that's also very, very useful. If you search it, I'm sure the algorithm will pop it up but those kind of those kind of materials are a great added bonus if you're reading the book we're also toying with the idea of creating a, an audiobook i have a a taiwanese friend of mine called dave and dave is like you know he he puts pressure on me in a nice way he's like you should write a book i'm like you think so yeah you have to write a book i'm like okay yeah okay and after maybe like six or nine months later we start to you know the book <laughs> starts you know, it's, it's initial phase and finished the book. Um, because before the ebook, I actually wrote a, a, you know, a hard copy book with two other Taiwanese friends. And Dave said, you know what, I love the book, but what about an ebook? You know, I mean, people don't really re read books anymore. And I'm like, Dave, you, you just told me to re write a book because of you, you know? And so he's like, yeah, you know, the book is great, but what about an ebook? You know, everything's digital now, Apple books, Google play store, whatever it is nobody really reads normal books anymore. I'm like, okay. And so hence the ebook. And, you know, a couple of months later, I bumped into Dave and Dave's like, oh, love the ebook. But have you considered audiobooks? I'm like, Dave, man, you're killing me. You're killing me here. 
you got to make a bet, a more of a point to like speak to him weekly so he gets these uh, these ideas to you more quickly. <laughs> Every nine months isn't working. <laughs> like Dave, man, you're killing me. I thought like I thought you'd you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we should do an audio book. If we do it, what's Dave gonna say? You know. But yeah, no, he's he's good. He's a good guy. <laughs> Dave sounds Dave sounds like a really funny guy. How do you measure the success of your book? Obviously, sales play a factor in that, but are there any other uh, any other areas that you look at to to see how successful it's been? Yeah, I think like yeah, sales obviously will be the big one. You go on, you check, you know, who's downloaded it, who's bought the book. These kind of numbers, they're great to look at. Another one that's you know you don't really get in terms of you know your stats, but if if I get a student that comes to me and says, hey, listen. I downloaded your book. I actually used some of those things in a meeting that I had last week and, and it was great. And you know, it paid off and you know, something like that. And I'm like, Oh, that's perfect. That's exactly what I want to hear. Yeah. I love, love, love hearing that stuff. And you know, I just, it doesn't, I don't really care then about the sales, but if the fact that somebody's used it and I'm like, Oh, I'm so happy for you that, you know, it's kind of, it's made my day. It's made my week. It's one thing when, you know, you're teaching a, a student. Another thing is when they use the material, you, you know, they, they buy your book, they're using that material and they, they're seeing the, the benefits from it. That's, that's a huge factor. And I guess that's something that you can't really measure in terms of metrics, but kind of it does the heart good, you know. It's, it's, it's nice to know that you're making a difference and that kind of it's, it has a, a domino effect or a knock-on effect to, to others that, you know, that you would you care about as well you know it's it's nice to see your students do well and have good performances in their in their job and and everyday life well i guess what's the good thing about being a teacher is before you even get involved in being a teacher i think you you probably already understand that you're that when your material gets out there you're not always going to see a a physical effect to it it's more of just being able to hear somebody say it so you kind of already understand that that's how the way the way it's going to be. <laughs> and it's good to have the understanding because otherwise you're going to be totally disappointed. Yep, there will be no more books, no more book writing for you, I guess, if you didn't know that. That's it, guys. I'm hanging up my boots, you know. <laughs> but yeah, I guess it's that sort of, you know, the thing that we can't really see. It's the intangibles that we, we can't really see and, and, and touch and feel that. But it's it's great to get that feedback and and you know that really sense of satisfaction is is huge. Cool. Well, let's um let's begin winding down here. So your book's been out for how long now? Wow. Um, it's probably about close to six months. Yeah, close to about six months, give or take. Cool. Now, outside of the outside of your translator Sid, who we've talked a lot about today, he's just kind of the jack of all trades. So who else who else came along for this ride, and and how did they assist you with with the book? Um, huge shout out to my students. They gave me like this sort of like, you know, boost and they gave me all this material because I would just say a lot of these phrases just off the cuff, you know, I wouldn't really think about them, but during the class or any of the classes that I I teach, I say a lot of these everyday phrases and, you know, my students, they may not know what these mean or I may have to give them these phrases to help them in some way. And I felt like, wow, these are like, these are gold, you know, they don't know what these phrases are, but if I can kind of put these into all, you know, mix them all into one book, create this situational dialogue, wouldn't that be great? And so have to be, give a big thanks and shout out to my students. They were, yeah, the, what do you call it? Like the, the driving factor, the driving force or, you know, catalyst or 
you whatever you might call it but yeah they were kind of the that the kind of the reason why this this book came into came into fruition um so yeah my students um trying to think whoever else but i mean sid for the for the translation but yeah probably the students probably the students would would kind of i owe a lot to them yeah even though they may not know it you know during the class i'll be i'll be writing down something that i've said that they like i'm like oh this is gold wait until i get home and write this you know <laughs> just you guys wait until you know and i'm finishing work and i'm burning the midnight oil and i'm like oh that is gold yeah love that <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure they're getting a piece of the piece of the revenues then yeah is that how it goes as well <laughs> yeah <laughs> they'll be reading it and they'll be like i think we did this in class one day i'm like yeah no we kind of we kind of already talked about um about this before but what's up next book wise do you have any anything in the pipeline yeah but um it's a great question yeah besides the japanese translation not, not nothing really on the horizon just yet i can't really haven't really anything planned as such um the kind of top priorities will be japanese translation potentially an audio book of of this um and then the the app um after that it might be who knows who who knows you know i think after the app i'll kind of start getting back to the drawing board and that's where it's kind of can be quite exciting but painstaking as well you know what are we going to do what's going to stick you know what's kind of um but yeah, to be honest, I, I don't really know. I have no idea. Well, we've come to that point in the episode where you can shamelessly plug yourself to everybody listening. Where can people download your books, buy your books if they're here locally? Perhaps you're looking for students as well and you want them to get in touch. Absolutely. So um, I'm on, so the book is on Amazon. So as you mentioned before, it's uh, Enviable English Dialogues and where to find them. Bit of a long title, but I'm sure if you search it, it'll be there. Google search, Amazon search. If you are a Taiwanese or if you're somebody who's residing in Taiwan, you can find it on uh, Readmoo. Is called readmoo.com.tw. Um, we'll also get it on, uh, we're pl planning to get it on books.com.tw as well, which is probably a little bit more popular, a bit more mainstream, books.com. Um, so that's the ebook, first book that I, I did about, like, that was last year. Um, that's available in, you know, S Light, which is what, Chimping, um, any of the kind of big bookstores. If you're looking to get in touch for, uh, you know, if you want English classes, you can find me on probably Facebook is probably be the easiest way to find me. Yeah, just type in my name. There's only one of me, so you don't have to go searching. There's no other Dean Brownless. That Brownless really just filters that search right down, you know. Um, but yeah, if you're looking to get in touch for for any um, English classes, for whether it's a company class, one-on-one, -on -one, yeah, Facebook, Dean Brownless, just hit me a message. Otherwise, I'd you know I'd use Line, but I mean it's it's kind of harder to to plug that if you don't really know the you know, QR code or line ID. So yeah, Facebook is probably the easiest. Since you do private tutoring, do you also do stuff online as well? Like via Zoom, Skype? Is that an option for people? Absolutely. Yeah, it's absolutely. I actually have three students that I teach online. Um, one of the guys, he's in Kaohsiung. Another guy is in Taoyuan. So I do online classes as well. So that's like, there's no problem at all there. Um, it's the world that we live in now. So you got to move and change with the times, right? So, well, I really, uh, really, really enjoyed our conversation today. So I appreciate you coming over here and, you know, sitting down and having a quick chat with me. 
No, I really appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for having me on. No problems at all. Take care, man. Cheers. Enjoyed this episode of the Teaching While Learning podcast? Head on over to your favorite podcast service to subscribe, leave a review, or offer up some constructive feedback on what you just heard. We also have a growing community on LinkedIn. So if you'd like to connect with other like-minded ESL professionals, search for Teaching While Learning and join us. I appreciate you clicking on this episode and I hope to have you back.